Hello, everyone. Welcome to Size of Broken Men. I'm Marcus. I'll be the host today. And as always, I'm joined by my silky and smooth co-host. Juan. Hi. <laughs> yes. Hello. Um, and today we're joined by a very special guest uh, that we have known for a little bit now from high school. Um, it's Tony Tai. What's up, man? What's up? I'm very happy to be here. My name is Tony Tai. Um, how are you guys doing today? We're good, man. man. Happy yeah, to have good. you. Yeah. Um, we can talk a little bit about uh, how we know each other. Um, so I don't know who wants to, to take that. Um, Juan, do you, <laughs> do you want to go for it? I mean, I can't, but if I'm being 100% honest, I don't really remember. He's just there. Like, what? Okay. I was yeah. just there? Now nah, that's there. crazy. Dang, no, yeah, brutal. That's crazy. So, I was the dude back in high school, all right? Oh, I, was, for sure. I was the SBO secretary. Yeah, you know what was, I mean? He's the, he's the head uh, That's basically it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, um, I remember, I swear, I do not remember meeting you, Tony. Really? I don't. I just, like, one day I was, like, I, yeah, just, one day, I just started talking to you. One day I was just like, oh, I guess Juan, Juan is a cool guy. I guess I don't even remember how I met you either. Exactly. To be honest, yeah. I think it was in Mr. Griffel's class. And was it? Um, yeah. it was an AP class. But I know Marcus pretty well because we were both in the IB program together. Uh, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so yeah. at least how I, well, okay, so we all met in high school. I met Juan um, like my first year at the high school that we went to. Um, in just the library through mutual friends. But yeah, I knew Tony Tai through uh, uh, the AP classes that we took. I'm pretty sure we probably met in like AP, AP, what, history? It was AP physics. Versus. Yeah. Was well, it physics right? our first class? I thought yeah, we met I'm pretty um, sure. sophomore year. Oh, yeah. I don't um, know, man. It's all such a blur. <laughs> but for those of you that don't know, IB is like a it's a two-year program. It's basically eight college-level courses, and the entire time you want to kill yourself because, you know, you're taking eight college-level courses at a time, you know what I mean? And it's just so torturous because the whole time, every single IB student I've met ever is, like, the most sadistic bastard on the face of the planet because they just hate themselves and they hate everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure that most IB students low-key enjoy getting stepped on. You know what I mean? It's just the way that goes. Anyway, Marcus and I are IB students. I don't know what that says about our character, but it's certainly not very, probably not that good. You know, you know what I mean? You're, you're saying all this and you're saying how IB students are sadistic. Yeah. yeah. Knowing, knowing Marcus for this long, some, some things are starting to add up. What are you yeah. saying? Dude? Yeah. I am kindest guy out there. Some things are clicking right now. No, uh, no, I, I guarantee it. Marcus is like actually a psychopath underneath that. You know, you know what I mean? Like 100%. Yeah, dude. Guaranteed. They, yeah. I'm pretty I'm sure 25, they did, they did a study on it, all right? 25% <laughs> of all IB students are crazy, sadistic terrorists. Did you know that? They conf- The, the CDC itself, the, the CDC confirmed this, along with the World Health Organization. Yeah. Do you sounds know this? About right. yeah, sounds about you right. You learn something new every day, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> well, bro, but, AP students can't be that far off. Okay, well, <laughs> that's true, that's true. I mean, no, no, not really. I'm not, I'm not, no, but you like, you take things to another level. One time we were at a park and he started torturing a tree. What are you saying, dude? It was like, just, a tree, it had dead tree. branches. No, they weren't dead. They were nice and green. And Marcus just started pulling nah, up and I got nah, mad and I was bro, like, bro. Yeah, that makes going? sense. Yeah. Sadistic. <laughs> hey, sadistic. It's insane. Now, take it from me. All right. I'm no sadistic, crazy terrorist, but I think if there was one thing that really drove me off the edge back in high school, it would have been our um, IB coordinator. Now, I can't say their name because that'd be crazy, but man, they freaking hated my guts, dude. I remember one time uh, we were in the middle of a research class. It was just a study period. There are two hoes screaming in the middle of the classroom, just absolutely just yelling, right? And they're screaming about which tv shows are better british cooking tv shows or american t- cooking tv shows now i don't watch either one so i'm gonna have to say that the british ones are probably better but i won't know though all right the ib coordinator is just sitting there she's chilling she's looking at these two wenches screaming at each other full blast <laughs> in the middle of the classroom. nothing she doesn't even blink an eye five minutes later everything calms down and there's a little, there's an Indian guy. His name's Akash. All right. Now, Akash, I love the guy. 
but there was one week that he was absolutely freaking insufferable. And that was when he went to Bath and Body Works and brought home some lotion, mahogany lotion. And he would carry that, uh, like, freaking, um, he would lug around that huge bottle of mahogany lotion the entire week. And, and whenever he saw anybody, he would offer the mahogany lotion. And it was the most insufferable thing that I've ever seen in my entire life, right? And so he turns to me in the middle of research class. Everything's quiet now. And he looks and he says, Tony, your hands are looking kind of mighty ashy right now, my boy. And I was like, that's crazy, Akash. Thank you. And he was like, you want some lotion for that? And at this point, I remember feeling so impressed because it's like, who takes the time to look at somebody else's hands and offers somebody lotion? Of course, it, it was just a kosh being a kosh that week because he offered everybody mahogany lotion. But I didn't know this. And so I was super impressed. And I was like, man, Akash, I'm truly glad to have a friend like you. And I was like, Akash, you're truly a king amongst men, a prince, a living legend. All right. I said this in a quiet voice. And the IV coordinator turns toward me and I can feel her freaking killing intent, dude. And she's like, Tony, can you please stop talking? And I remember crying because I was like, there's just no way. You had two women in the middle of the room screaming at each other. And then when I sit here, I ask Akash for some freaking lotion. You go ballistic on my ass. You know what I mean? I was crying. And, and she starts like screaming at me because I wasn't doing work. But I was like, I, how can I do work? I'm putting lotion on my hands. You know what I mean? And she's like, please get to work. And I was like, I have lotion. I turn around. And I, I feel like my sixth sense, I can feel her like glaring two holes into the back of my head. You know what I mean? Anyway, it was certainly something. It was brutal. And like experiences with that um, coordinator, like it was insane because it was clear that about half of the IB, uh, not player base, what is it called? Um, student body, I guess. <laughs> it was very much favored by her and really, really had a, a good time with her and all that sort of thing. They had fine relations with her and that's why she didn't, you know, scream at, at them two girls. Uh, but uh, yeah, just half of us, for whatever reason, she absolutely despised. Like there was uh, one of our friends, uh, I think we can name him. His name was Wenson. Uh, but he's, anybody who knows Wenson, like he's the most mild-mannered yeah. individual like around. J just like there are very few occasions where Wenson like raises his voice to any sort of, you know, level that bothers anybody or does anything crazy. And, I've like, never Wenson seen him get mad ever exactly. not even yeah. once he's always been so, so chill, chill. uh-huh and then in in the room that the ib coordinator works in the research room um like there are i don't know there's like 15 people in the room and they're all just chilling about doing whatever and like i don't know maybe one or two of them are working on stuff and that's her big thing that she calls everyone out on. um and then wenson is trying to like fix a keyboard he's actually trying to work and then she yeah she just goes crazy like wenson what are you doing put that keyboard down Blah! and she just freaks out dude it's insane and like Winston is so chill and it's just I don't know what's happening because like it, it's not that it's a bad day or anything like that because she clearly doesn't care about like all the other 14 students in the room but it's just for some reason Benson's trying to mess with his keyboard to get it to work better and yeah she just loses it and that happened on plenty of occasions and man I'd be if she so much did not like you and you dared to fart half a fart within her vicinity, she would snap your neck within a heartbeat, dude. No joke. Is there any bit? Has there ever been any like students to talk back? No one or no one dared. I, I can't remember. I think it was because she she wasn't there often enough uh, for me to care. Because like when she was there, it was hell. But when she wasn't, it was freaking party time in the study room, baby. <laughs> I, there is this. Uh, there is another IB coordinator. I think he was like the head of IB program. He was the chillest dude ever. I think not to flex or anything, but I was like his favorite student. I could have probably bombed in, bombed an orphanage in front of him, and he probably have looked at would have looked at me and been like, "Tony, I'm a little bit disappointed right now." And then he would never wrap me out. In fact, if the cops came for me, he probably would have taken the heat for me and been like, "It was me. I did it." And then he'd turn to me and he'd be like, "Live your life, Tony." A hundred percent. Yeah, Dude, for real. The head of IB. Yeah, he was so cool. I had him. Uh, and when we first came to school, he wasn't in in charge of IB or whatever. Um, he was uh teaching Spanish, and I took it. I took Spanish from him. My sister took Spanish from him. So he like relatively knows my family. He is so cool. And like I remember one time in uh junior year when uh it was like language arts or something. We had a really uptight teacher, 
Um, and she was saying like, if you're on your phones at all, I'm sending you down to his office and like, he's going to, he's going to chew you out. Um, so <laughs> one time she sent like four kids down <laughs> to his office. Um, it was like in the middle of the period. So there was like 45 minutes left or whatever. They come back with like 10 minutes left in the period when everything's winding down anyway. And they just have a bunch of like Pepsis and Colas in their hands. They're like, yeah, <laughs> he hooked us up, man. It was sick. And they just chilled out in his office for like 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, then they just, he, he would just give people candy because he did not care. You know what I mean? He was <laughs> like, all right, the, these teachers, they're stupid. And he was the only cool dude on the face of planet or in on that campus straight up the only cool male teacher there well except for maybe there or there are one or two others yeah yeah but he was definitely the coolest guy there a hundred percent yeah there's no doubt in my mind so much more bearable with him there like there were multiple occasions where i was planning on just quitting it and ending it all um and he was like nah man like you gotta stick with it you can do it and like it'll be worth it in the end um I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but um, I did feel good about it and I did continue it because of him. So um, he was a really great supporter and I appreciate him a lot. That's good. That's good. But, uh, but Juan, yeah. obviously we were in classes together in our sophomore year taking AP and stuff, but Juan, you went in a, a little bit of a different direction. So um, how was that kind of experience for you? So I went so, the concurrent enrollment route and um, yeah, they weren't hard at all. They just took up a lot of time. I feel like most, most high school classes are like this though. Like, like, um, I had a cousin who'd always complain about they were in AP and they'd always complain about AP saying like the classes are super hard. And then when I took the same class he did, uh, specifically government, it wasn't to me, it wasn't hard at all. It's just a lot of memorization. And like, remember the flashcards? Like that's yeah. a lot of time, but like, like, it's not that bad. Um, and yeah. And I went the concurrent enrollment route. So it's helped me because like, yeah. uh, since I'm going to the college in the fall, in the fall, no, in the spring. In the spring, yeah. Is it? In the spring? Yeah, I'm going spring semester. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to spring semester. And then I've talked to, like, um, uh, the, like a counselor. And I don't have to do a lot of stuff because I'm already pretty caught up. So That's sick, dude. I didn't have I any like, suicidal tendencies because, like, lucky you guys. So, <laughs> lucky, lucky. Yeah, so I'm... I was, like, the, the administration. Of? I was, like, the, the administration at, um, at concurrent enrollment. Like so, so oh, yeah, okay. Um, so they were stupid super chill super they treated you like adults because like in in their program in their eyes that program is not like um they don't treat you like high school students at all like you know how some teachers have an issue with like leaving you alone in the classroom like just by yourself like they do it all the time they just leave um when we'd get subs and stuff like um the subs would just sit in the office because we had our own program and like our own like management thing so that was really fun so like it wasn't a lot of micromanaging and I didn't, I've never experienced any yelling like you guys did. So uh, I'm happy. I'm great with my choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish that I had gone into that sort of direction as well. Well, not necessarily because IB did, did, I think give us both experiences that uh, were unique to the program and that did make us grow positively in some ways. Um, but man, concurrent enrollment, I feel like it's so much more like, specific to what you want to pursue in general like exactly, you said you, yeah. you did business right yeah um and uh, i feel like if you have a general idea of, of what you want to do already then that, that's probably the route you should take so um, plus i made I a bunch of i made a bunch of cool connections like i think yeah. i told you but like i don't know if i've told anyone else but like we met with um like for one of our projects we had to meet with like a business owner right like someone who like opened a business or successful in any type of way with a business and i had an opportunity to interview the his name is Dan Farr. He's the CEO of like Fanex here in Utah. So I'm like, I have him as a connection now. He's on my LinkedIn. I was like, hey, you know, it like, honestly, like I just created a bunch of connections and dude, yeah, sad beautiful. for you guys though, honestly. Having to deal with like, <laughs> like the coordinator that way. Oh, dude. Nah. I'm glad. No, hear me. I'm glad I didn't go into that route because I swear on everything. I would have snapped at that teacher. Like I have a big, pro- I don't, and it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing, but it, I have a big problem when there's like teachers who like belittle you like that or condescend you. It's such a big yeah. issue with me. Yeah, and like um, the IB coordinator had um, a spouse that also worked there that we took um, a class from. <laughs> I I interacted. So, with, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Juan and I actually both ran into him um, in like the hall before uh, we. He was during an assembly. Like, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. yeah. So, so me and Marcus, so I was leaving to that concurrent enrollment program thing. 
and uh i get the we they give like they give us like 30 extra minutes so it was like at 11 we, we could go to the to the lunchroom eat and then leave whereas um normally a lunch i think it was a lunch right yeah i think yeah i think normally a lunch started at like 11 45 11 30 something like that but i could eat early but during this day we were having an assembly and um and it was during christmas wasn't it something like that yeah well yeah so and i had coke in my locker in our locker so we went at the coca-cola right not not cocaine (laughs) good stuff all right just because i'm brown you assume cocaine no no no, No. i'm just making it that way the feds don't get confused you know what i mean yeah good point good point so we were going to our locker and um and then this we can't say his name but he stopped us and he's like where are you guys going and i was like i'm going to my locker to get something and he's like no you guys can't go that way and then again i have an issue with like authority and i was like yeah i can and he's like no you can't and i'm like i can it's right over there and then he's like, really? You're going to play that route? And I was like, well, I'm just going to go get something from a locker. And he's like, why? And I'm like, I'm leaving for C-Tech. And he's like, oh, okay. Because then he has no grounds to like actually say anything. Because I have like, it's in my right, right? To, to go get my damn soda. And then he's like, well, only one of you needs to go. And I was like, why can't he come? And then Marcus like looked at him and he's like, he just shook his head. And then he's like, I'm going to go to my like yeah. class. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't taking C-Tech, so I knew that if we went down that route, unless we lied and, you know, bluffed hard, like, it, it wasn't going to go anywhere. So I cut our losses. But, um, yeah, like, for context, this guy is ex-military. He's, I don't know, 250 pounds, something like that. And he's, like, probably six foot, something like that. So <laughs> for Juan to stand up to this guy was awesome, dude. I, I was such a big fan of you because, I mean, I didn't really say anything because I'm, I wasn't as If it, if it got physical, I could take him. Easy. I don't know about that, but I like the confidence. Yeah. No, no question, uh, dude. Yeah, me. If I had been there, I would have been. I would have done quadruple backflip roundhouse kick. No, dude, no you know question. what I mean? If I'm Ty just that there? dude. I'm just that dude. If Ty was there, bro, like I'd let him take the rounds. You know, you, you I, I would kill him in a single second with my one-inch punch. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. I would flick him, and his whole brain would have exploded. No joke. You think yeah. I'm lying to you right now? No, Look at me. Man. Dead, exactly. dead eyes dead serious yeah and anyway and those teachers are like ah oh, dude like i don't know hot. why they they <laughs> no 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 there, there was not a single hot teacher there all right get that inside <laughs> your head all right <laughs> they're they're i don't know why they are the way they are like who ruined your life to the point where like you know it's like i'm trying to go get my soda dude like, just a soda and yeah i don't know it was weird well where yeah. have you guys been uh or how have you guys been after like high school because it has been like a really long time since we've caught up you know what i mean i don't think we've seen each other ever since quarantine happened you know what i mean i don't think we even saw each other at graduation you know what i mean i didn't even yeah. go to graduation oh really yeah that's true I remember it was that. a waste of time honestly so you drove yeah. up in like this in this line of cars right you sit there and you walk out you walk like 20 feet and then you look at Miss uh, the principal in the face, and he looks down at you, and then he spits on your forehead, and you go back, and then uh, you get back into your car, and you're like, "See ya." That was it. That was the whole graduation. Yeah, you know I mean, right? Yeah, obviously, because um, we all graduated in 2020, so school such school shut down in April, uh, and then, well, I think April or May or March, it's something like something that, around yeah. that, yeah. and then it was starting to get. A, serious around the time where we were graduating so uh yeah what our school did personally i know others did differently but um yeah we had to all have this big line of cars um just driving through and then we'd like walk across the football field and then like say hey and then we'd meet up our our parents on the other side of the football field that had driven all the way over there um and uh yeah it just was not a good time um you went though right yeah, I did. I, I met up with a, a few of the guys because um, you had to schedule when you wanted to to see your friends because you would only be able to walk around the same time as like four or five of them because you had yeah. to sign up in advance. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was. But low key, it was awesome because after it, they would send everybody like a, a USB drive of graduation. And like the footage was like several hours long. So I just deleted it and I got like 14 and a half gigabytes of free data on like a USB drive, which you never get anywhere. You know what I mean? Where are you going to find a 14 and a half gigabyte USB drive? You know what I mean? And got for free. 
you know, it's a win-win. Easy Dovsky Roonies. You know what I mean? And it was insane because they sent that to, I think, like all the seniors. Yeah, and our school to everyone. Was, our school is like the max size in, in Utah, I'm pretty sure. Um, both terms of like population and like actual size. So like our, our school is, uh, well, I don't know. If it was really big. Know, but there were a lot of graduating people. So like to give every single student an individual USB drive was insane. I have no idea what that's what they decide to, to spend it on. Yeah. I feel bad for the IT guy who had to go copy, paste, copy, paste, <laughs> insert, insert. Oh, that'd be tedious work. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I'll, I, and as at the end of the day, we all just deleted the graduation video <laughs> off of our stuff so we, we could get a couple free gigs. You know what I mean? Man. Marcus, did you do that too? Stuff. Nah, man. I mean, I, I like, I don't really use USBs anyway. So I just, That's I don't true. think I even opened the thing until like five months later. I'm like, oh, there's a USB here. Um, but uh, <laughs> well, you should. There's like 20 gigs of free space in there, man. <laughs> yeah, I will. If Are I you going to get it? that? I don't know where I put it. Yeah, All so right. what, what I did on graduation was, so obviously I didn't go. And I kind of feel bad because Danny, uh, you, Danny, and Sam took a bunch of good pictures. So I was like, damn. I, I don't know if they were good, but we took pictures. You guys took pictures, and I was like, oh, I wanted to be part of that. But the very next day, I just I drove to the school, and I was like, hey, I need my diploma. And I'm like, why didn't you go yesterday? I'm like, and I straight up told them I didn't want to. And like, oh, okay. And then they just handed me my diploma, and I walked out. And then I just took a picture of it and sent it to the to the group chat with um with Sam with all the guys, and they're like they didn't even respond to it. <laughs> they're like, eh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, that was my experience. So in hindsight, probably a bad choice, but I I hate waiting in long lines, dude. Honestly, so not too bad. Uh, one thing I will say though that I I regret about high school is that uh because we were doing like high, higher level programs i personally didn't get the chance to well get the chance i don't know if it's such a great opportunity but i didn't have a job like throughout all of high school and to this day i still haven't had like a well i've technically been employed but i have not had like an actual part-time job um which is something that i think i'm a little behind on and be kind of nice to have that experience under my belt um have you guys had had jobs throughout high school or after high school yeah i have so ever since I was 12, I used to work at like a, my family's restaurant, you know what I mean? And that was fun. We actually sold it like two weeks ago, which was pretty sad, but you know, it was fun. And then after high school ended, I uh, worked as a salesman for, yeah, whoever hired me, you know what I mean? It was actually the worst job ever. Really? Uh, yeah. So I remember um, uh, they called themselves uh, a marketing agency or like a, it was called Imperial Marketing Agency or Imperial Marketing Solutions. That's what it was. <laughs> and so I called in, you know, I set up my application and I sent in my interview and the lady said, you know what, after training or during training, you'll only make minimum wage. But after training, once you become a senior account manager, you make 15 bucks an hour. Now at that point, when I heard the words senior account manager, I should have picked up on it that this was a multi-level marketing scheme and that I was getting scammed out of my mind. But I didn't pick up on that. So I continue to think that, hey, this is a good job. And so the way that the lady said it, she made me get the impression that it was like phone sales where you'd be calling people and like making sales and doing like stock trades. You know what I mean? Like, oh, are you telling me that you can't afford $5,000 to put money into Disney? What are you, you cheap idiot? Uh, that was what I was thinking I was going to do. I was thinking I would be like Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan yeah. Belfort type beat. Yeah. You know what I mean? They call me Jordan, <laughs> Asian Jordan Belfort. And so I go in on the first day and on the interview, right? And the dude is like, oh, this right here is your desk, all right? Uh, this is where you're going to be doing your business. And I was like, all right, this is awesome. And so I, that was during my interview. And I was like, all right, I'll work here for sure, all right? And so I go in on the first day. They hand me a script and I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go. I'm, I'm getting ready to like talk to people on the phone and everything. And all of a sudden, while my coworker, she's like my second boss. She's like, get in the car, let's go, we're going out. I'm like, what? He's like, <laughs> let's go, let's go. And I was like, oh, I thought I was going to be like working at a desk and like doing phone calls. And she's like, let's go. And so we, I get into her car. 
I, I literally have no idea what's going on, right? We drive for 45 minutes to the Utah-Idaho freaking border, dude. I literally think that she's, I, I thought for a second that she was going to drag me into like a field with like 45 KKK members and they were just going to rock my stuff in the middle of the field, dude. I, I, I was freaking terrified. And so I remember thinking, and I, I'm in the passenger seat, I'm like, Hey, if she drags me somewhere, you think I can just kick her in the face real quick and then just like, you know, commandeer the car? I, I probably can, right? I mean, she's just a weak little girl or like not a girl, but she she looks pretty weak, you know? So <laughs> yeah. it's not even the first, the first day hasn't even ended yet. And I'm already thinking of like kicking my coworker in the face, which usually that happens like six minutes, six months into a job. You know what I mean? And so she drives me all the way to the Utah, Idaho border. It's like, and then we go into a Target. Get this, bro. We're selling lines for AT&T in the middle of a Target. There's no appointments. You just go up to random people shopping and be like, excuse me, sir. Quick question for you. Who are you currently using for a service provider? And would you like to switch to AT&T? And I was like, that, and, and that was what she co- coached me on that entire day. And I was like, there's no freaking way. I thought I was doing phone sales. But now I, here I am in the middle of a Target selling AT&T, the world's crappiest service. <laughs> to some random people who don't even want me there, right? And it was the worst job ever because every single day I would have to dress up in this freaking hot suit. I was in like a tuxedo. I looked like such a dweeb and go up to people and be like, excuse me, sir, would you like to buy some AT&T lines? And they'd be like, screw off. You know what I mean? I remember one time I had this old man and he, and he like called me several racial slurs. And I remember sitting there, I was like, would I kill an old man? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. And I and I just as I was about to start, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I remembered. I was like, wait, at the end of the day, I'm just some stupid Asian kid in some like tuxedo asking people if they want to switch over to ATT. You know what I mean? If some idiot came up to me and asked me to switch to ATT, you know, I'd probably want to knock his lights out too. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, you know what? I'll just have to take the L. And the craziest part is that the company that I was working for, it freaking imploded on itself. Three months at working at the marketing agency, like the dude was firing people left and right because they weren't making enough sales. And I was like the best salesman on the team because, you know, me, right? Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and nobody was making any sales. And then I was the only employee there along with the girl who um, took me to a target the first day and the boss. It was just three people in the, in the company at that point. And then the girl's like, I want to go back home to California. And the dude's like, all right, well, I guess we're done. And so the company freaking imploded because the dude kept firing everybody. He actually did hire one more person, but then they all quit within two days because they're like, this is the worst job ever. I have no idea why I stuck around that long. But at the end of the day, I can flex and say that within my company, I was the number one employee (laughs) for two entire months. Hey, And I kept the company from going under. You know what, though? That looks real good on a resume. It does. That's why I put on several of my resumes. I, I feel like I was the number one salesman for AT&T within my company for two months. And within one week of getting there, I had the most sales, which is not which is not a lie, by the way. I, I sold like within the first week, I was like kind of the goat. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, was, it was fun. So do you like sales or like that's not your thing anymore? I do. I do. It's just I don't enjoy going up to random people while I'm in a tuxedo asking mm. them to buy the world's crappiest products. You know, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it, I think sales is like a is definitely a technique or it's like something I feel like most extrovert people should learn. You know, I mean, yeah. it's such a helpful because if you think about it, most conversations are like a sale where you're trying to convince somebody of something. Sometimes I, the most important thing that I learned in sales is that sometimes you got to take a step back to take two steps forward. You know what I mean? And yeah, a lot yeah. of people make decisions based off of emotions rather than logic. You know, I could talk to the schnook and be like, here's 100 reasons as to why you should get AT&T. And he would never listen to me. But the moment that I like tar- start talking crap to him, I'm like, yo, are you seriously going to let your wife and kids put up with your crappy current internet service no so switch to at&t all of a sudden he just wants to switch like that you know what i mean yeah it's like you you present him with logic and he's never going to listen but all of a sudden you like threaten his ego or whatever and then he'll he'll be like all right i'm switching you know what i mean yeah people tend to like um buy with logic no buy with emotion and reason with logic i think something like that yeah dude that's smart though 
I, yeah, I think it's helped you though. Doesn't ha- it's like giving you a bunch of like like a life skill. Yeah, right? it is probably one of the most is like so fun to see yourself get good at sales too. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I remember like um back when I was doing the job, I, like my ma- mind always like felt so like sharp during a conversation. I you you know what I mean? I I felt like I could convince people of a lot of 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 like a lot of things a lot more easily than before you know what i mean yeah so i'm thinking of going back into sales eventually because it's just like it keeps the mind sharp you know what i mean it's just it's good to get into the practice because it's such an important skill yeah 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 um so my experience with jobs has been i started like an llc marcus you know you know about this um well i know of it but i don't know that much about yeah it. so like um uh again ju- it was junior year the summer summer of junior year or would it be the summer of senior year? The summer before junior year, I'm pretty sure. No, it's just junior year ended and then the summer. Yeah, that's what it was because, yeah, I wouldn't have been in the program. Okay, anyway, yeah, I had a brilliant idea to start uh, an LLC company because I've always wanted to do like what's known as social media marketing. And it has a bad rep now because the market's really saturated. But at the time, it wasn't it wasn't as bad. Um, so... Yeah, I started doing that for the summer and I was doing it like freelance at first, but then I had an idea to create an LLC for tax purposes, um, but I didn't put any branding behind the LLC. And yeah, and that's what I've been doing. I don't want to get too, too into detail because uh, it would probably bore people if they don't know much about business. But um, yeah, and I had been doing that, uh, just marketing, uh, creating like Instagram pages and then like Facebook ads and stuff for various companies around Utah. And I've been doing that since, well, since then. Yeah, and that's stuff. What you, that's cool. And like, huh? What about you, lazy? What do you mean? What about me? I don't have a job other than this one. Content exactly. creation, man. That's my new job, dude. It's um, fun, though. Stuff. It is fun. It's like, know. yeah. I saw some of your content, Ty. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I was laughing, dude. Yeah. Speaking I, of so... which, yeah. Uh, just so everyone knows. Tony Ty is actually a content creator. You guys might know him by KFC Legends. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. He makes some good stuff. You've been going yeah, for a dude. while too, haven't you? I, yeah. So I remember back in freshman year of high school, I was like, why don't I just make a YouTube channel? Because it's always been my been my dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I started and then I deleted every single video uh, that I had when it was like 2020 because I wanted to make a fresh start. You know what I mean? And then uh, I've been wanting to keep on making content, but unfortunately I haven't because my parents keep me on a tight freaking leash. And so if they see me like doing content while I'm in their house is like a no fly with them. You know what I mean? So I'm just waiting until I move out and then I'll be able to make it. But I've got like a thousand and a half subs. It's pretty good stuff. Um, That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. But my goal, and it's kind of crazy for me to say this on camera, but my goal is to be like one of the top 10 YouTube channels in the world within seven years so once i move out i'm gonna be working really hard to make that happen you know what i mean because there's always been like my life goal to you know um just be a youtuber you know what i mean that's like the dream job for me it always has been ever since i was like even ever since like i knew what youtube was and it's like you know i, I really want to make that happen but it's a fun job i really enjoy it you know what i mean yeah. and that's super cool man i mean like 1.5k that's that's crazy for like the subscriber count i mean yeah han and i like our first video because we just you know put it out to our family and friends we weren't we got, expecting like, yeah yeah we weren't expecting like anything so we got 20 subscribers and we're like yo that's insane and it is, still is insane so thank you yeah. very much yeah um but uh like 1.5 like that number is astronomical and kind of hard to comprehend in a lot of ways yeah um well part of content creation is is it's all about momentum you know what i mean so you just gotta think of each video that you make as like a lottery ticket like eventually it will get discovered you know what mm-hmm. i mean good t- content will always draw people to it and eventually good content will make its way up right but once in blue moon you have like a video that pops off like uh normally your videos say for example get like 100 views and then all of a sudden that one might get a thousand or two thousand i've had some hit one hundred fifty thousand. You know what I mean? And then when you pop like that, um, you know, all of a sudden your your views spike, your subscribers spike. And the most important thing... You got to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. you got to ride that momentum all the way to the very end. You know what I mean? Like, I I think if one of my videos ever popped off, I'd drop everything that I do that moment and I'd start pumping out content for like the next three days just to ride that way. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like I missed the wave. It happened to me twice in the past and I missed the wave both, both times. But you know what I mean? Like I'm pretty determined not to let that happen again. Um, yes, yeah, so that, that's a good point. The, the reason that's part, partially the reason um, I told Marcus, we should um, market on um, TikTok. Cause you know, TikTok for the most part has like insane potential to like, it does. But to just like blow up and then like um you can obviously link all your other social media and other like platforms that you're on and then get gain followers that way. But that that's pretty much our main um if if we do choose or, or if we ever do like fingers crossed, you know, like blow up or go big, it pro- it'd most likely be on TikTok, I imagine. Most most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Their algorithm is just so much better than it's insane. Like Dude, YouTube, actually, anybody else's. Yeah. Um the other day I saw um uh it was an article from the wall street journal and the the algorithm that tiktok creates is insane it shows you exactly what you want like it gives you a bunch of different videos and like however long you stay on the video like is information that it's gathering to give you like exactly what you want yeah it's It's so interesting and I think the algorithm, uh, at least for people who are trying to like get big, is light years ahead of like YouTube because YouTube's algorithm is good. But if you're trying to get discovered, like yeah, this um, it. absolutely not. You know, what yeah. I mean, it's it's so much harder than on TikTok. You know, on TikTok, you post something mildly interesting, it can get thousands of views, sometimes even hundreds of thousands. You know, what I mean, and all of a sudden, that's hundreds of thousands more views than you will have ever gone posting on like. For example, Twitter or Instagram or YouTube. The algorithm yeah. is just so much more robust on, on TikTok that it's like it's not even. It would be almost insane to compare them. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, totally two different leaks. Yeah, I mean, like, internet jobs are so interesting because they just they work entirely differently from anything IRL. At least as far as I would know, it's not like I have that much experience either way. But um, like we talk about algorithms and all these sorts of things. And like, I mean, there's even like esports and that sort of thing where yeah, fundamentally they're similar to, you know, real life sports, but they just work entirely differently in terms of like ah, the connections you make and like the companies and things that run them. Um, Yeah. It's a huge world. It's super weird to think about. It is sad because in America, at least, or most Western culture or most Western cultures, esports isn't taken really seriously. But in places like China and Korea, being oh, like yeah. on an esports team is like being, for example, the head of a or like the quarterback for a football team. You know, what I mean, yeah, it's, it's not looked yeah. down on. It's like people actually think it's like cool as hell there. You know, what I mean, which is sort of what I hope to see in more Western cultures, because that's why Korea wins every esports tournament, because we look down on it and Korea thinks it's like cool. You know, what I mean, yeah, um, I think I think it's starting to get a little bit more serious here. Barely. For like, sure. it's, it's, it's just barely getting there because I know some universe, like the U, I know they have like an esports team or they have several mm-hmm. esports team and so so as well as like some other colleges. So it's, it's starting to get there, but we're not there yet. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like, for example, um, I don't know if you guys so like league of legends the world finals is actually happening today and it's like it's pretty crazy you know i mean a, there's a lot of korean teams out there but there's also some teams from america and they're actually mm-hmm. doing pretty well like um oh that's funny there is a team called unicorns of love uh as a team for the esports team in league of legends and they got stomped into the freaking dirt by cloud nine can we get an amen for the unicorns of love gang turn into mincemeat by <laughs> cloud nine let's freaking go cloud nine baby yeah, let's yeah, freaking go all right cloud Man, nine is a big, is a big team it, it is huge yeah yeah, yeah like um 100 100 thieves tsm you know i mean they're all like they're all competing in worlds and it's also pretty in- interesting yeah like do um, you ever think- play league of legends i do actually i yeah. i'm not that good i started like no? three months ago but oh. like um you know i just play with some friends uh like every night and uh trying, never, trying to get good you know what I mean? i've never played league of legends it's a moba game right yeah it's, it's like yeah. a strategy yeah i love those games i used to play one called uh it's, it's like similar to league of legends it's called vainglory well i used to play it and I, I got pretty good at that game but um yeah i've never tried league of legends i heard it's really good though 
it it would be if it wasn't for the people being so freaking toxic all the time <laughs> which makes sense because some games can last 40 minutes they can last up to an hour yeah and if there's one person on your team that's absolute dog water and then they like end up helping the other team they throw you know game, yeah. yeah you throw the game so it's like five people if one of them just messes up then your 40 minutes or your one hour have all been to waste you know what i mean and it's easy to see why people get so toxic and like um competitive over a game because it's like well if i'm going to be investing an hour of my time into something i better freaking win you know what i mean or at least um get better but sometimes it's hard to improve when you're getting stomped into the dirt for an hour yeah you know what i mean you're gonna go you're gonna go into the uh like esports and stuff or like start making like contact uh con content related to like games and stuff maybe you You know dude um the only esports that i've ever been like very i would say that i'm pretty good at is pokemon and it's going to sound very cringe (laughs) because a lot of people will be like oh pokemon is a kid's game and it 100 percent is but the competitive scene is actually pretty crazy because pokemon at the end of the day is a kid's game i agree but there's a lot of hidden numbers and like different values that most people will never know about and once you pay attention to those hidden numbers it makes a competitive scene like so freaking crazy you know what i mean like um it stops being a kids game and becomes like a lot more competitive once you try and like it is you sort of like think about what your opponent's going to do next and it's like you know what i mean is it sounds so silly because at the end of the day people think pokemon and it's like is a stupid kids game I promise you the competitive scene is like so much harder than you think it is. You know what I mean? And so at one point I remember like, um, I think I was within like the top like 5% of like competitive. Um, mm. But that was back in high school. I haven't touched it since then. You know what I mean? Cause it's just like, I just felt kind of cringe about it. You know what I mean? I was like, Oh yeah, I play Pokemon competitively. And I know that I just said that like, is very hard like the competitive seems pretty difficult but you know it's hard to get people to take you seriously you know what yeah, i mean yeah. so it's like yeah yeah i mean that kind of brings up an interesting uh, point to me though is that like pokemon i didn't even know that like it was a potentially competitive or esport or anything like that but like i don't know it, it's interesting to me like how certain games become esports like i i know of league um i know of rocket league and obviously Pokemon now, but other than that, I don't know. Like Smash? Them, no. Super Smash yeah, Bros. Smash, Ultimate. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. What, what makes an esport an esport, you know? Yeah. I mean, tournaments, isn't it? it, it it's like just the tournament. audience, you know what I mean? So, like, for example, Smash Melee is like, it's a very, very old game, but because the audience is there and because they see Smash as the most, like, is they see it as like the most competitive smash of all time because there's like frame perfect um moves for like for those of you that don't know a frame is one thirtieth of a second right so that means that sometimes you need to press buttons within a certain one thirtieth second window which is like unfathomable to a lot of people you know what i mean like is it you could even say that's impossible but some people do it within these competitive games you know what i mean so I guess part of it comes down to how much the audience appreciates it and how big the audience is, 100%. And the second is how competitive it is, you know what I mean? Like how many, how much of a competitive aspect there is, you know? Like uh, like a Smash Melee wasn't made to be an eSport. It was just made to be a party game. But because there's some crazy things that you can pull off that give you such a competitive edge above people, but they're also at the same time virtually impossible to pull off. That's what makes it a competitive game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's people, why people like seeing the impossible, yeah. I think. Yeah, for it's sure. Something insane. It's it was really attention grabbing. Yeah. Like one of the most popular or I, I there's like the most faming famous gaming moment in esports history was there is Street Fighter, right? And the, yeah. I think you've seen it before, where the dude um um like he does a combo, but the dude like blocks every single hit there's like 30 30 hits or something and he parries every single one of them within like a one frame window you know what i mean so that's like hitting like a one one out of 30 frames you know what i mean and you hit that like 30 times in a row which is like impossible you know what i mean it's yeah. literally impossible but i agree with you people love seeing the impossible happen and they love to see people get like crazy good to the point where it's like 
at the average player and the competitive players like they're not even playing the same game anymore you know yeah. what i mean i think that's that's just what makes esports so sick you know yeah yeah and i mean like it's not even like in its own way it's just like outright there is a really high skill potential for lots of these different games and like that is kind of i think what legitimizes it or in some to some people it doesn't legitimize it um uh as like an actual viable career path or something that could be respectable um because like i don't know i've personally talked to people about um esports sometimes and they're like yeah but like i don't know you can get professional and and like i don't know two three years and like that's nothing compared to what all these athletes have put like their lives into um but like i don't know i feel like even though like you can in some cases get to a, a pretty high level in lots of these games um like even professionals as far as i've seen um just because you're professional does not mean that you're of the highest level or you can do everything yeah. to, to the very best so um i think that applies to to real life sports as well so like there's a in um league at least there's a competitive dude called faker right he's in korea i, I don't know if you guys have heard of him but mm-hmm. he's like so far he's a professional but a lot of other professionals can't even like stack up to him he's like so far ahead of everybody else because he's a prodigy right and like they even built an entire team just so that way they could support him people look down at esports a lot but is like it genuinely takes a lot of skill you know i mean and being professional is definitely hard and you know i i think it is a shame that a lot of people look down on it in america and westernized cultures because i think the moment that we stop looking down on it that's when we start taking worlds, you know what I mean? That's when we start taking, like, world finals and we become the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it opens up a lot of career paths for a lot of people, which is silly because we don't, like, see gaming as a career, but 100% is, especially with streaming nowadays, you know? People yeah. pay to see you play a game and be, like, freaking goaded at it. And you can make a lot of money, right? The other day I saw a TikTok and it was, like, a mom... Like she was like she said like she no longer wants to like she she quit her job because her son is making like seven figures playing like gaming gaming and stuff. And I'm like that's just insane to me. Yeah. So, yeah, and I saw some of the, like the prize pools for some of these tournaments, and like they're millions of dollars in in the big ones. And, and serious stuff. Like the Fortnite, uh, like Fortnite kid or whatever. There's. I don't even remember what his name is, but he won a tournament and become like a millionaire overnight. You know yeah, what I mean? I remember. I was putting, yeah. crazy. Is and um, which is like good because it was such a big game. But at the same time, there's also a long way to go. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like um, there are also some people on the flip side who have gone into like esports, but they can't. But after like a few years, they they can't make it because they literally make almost no money. Because even though they're professionals, they don't make that much money. You know, they, maybe their team's not the best, or maybe they don't win like 20 games in a row or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, they stop making money. And also, there's not enough sponsors for these sorts of teams because, yeah. you know, sponsors haven't even considered esports to be like a viable thing that they can sponsor. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. As, as far as like serious goes, especially in like Western cultures, um, I, I've seen it occasionally. And like with, um, I think with the, the League of Legends tournament that's happening right now, um, one team that I saw was Galatasaray. Um, and, like, that is predominantly a Turkish football team, like a professional football team. And, like, I, I've seen in other esports, like, I know Manchester City has an esports team. I know Barcelona has an esports team in, in various esports. And, like, PSG, PSG and all, all these big, you know, actual, well, actual sports and these organizations are starting to try to invest into esports. And I feel like that kind of speaks levels, at least in Europe, about um, the seriousness that esports is kind of um, ramping up to be overall. And I, I feel like that'll probably eventually carry over um, into yeah. other aspects of the culture in, in the West. For sure. In fact, ESPN, sometimes, once in a blue moon, they'll like put esports tournaments up there, like a I've seen a CSGO tournament, esports tournament on ESPN. And like during COVID when nobody could like meet up or anything, like you remember seeing people play like NBA uh, 2019 on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it was like, yeah, it's it's good. I think, I think the United States will eventually get there uh, because typically they want to be like number one in everything. Right. 
for sure and and once they realize that it's a huge like also like money wise right um it's a huge market that's like you know fairly like um untouched they're, yeah. they're gonna get there and then the united states is probably gonna dominate in like in like every in every aspect of esports eventually but know, something like interesting something. that i found was that the average like korean high school gamer is like oftentimes at the same level as like a freaking professional here in the united states you know oh what i mean and it's just because of the, it's just because of the culture there you know what i mean yeah. like um and or it's not the average korean high schooler but like you know a high schooler in in korea that's like um above average you know what i mean in like a top 25 can you, you know what i mean i yeah. i think but i've heard like this statistic before but you know don't quote me on it but it's just so crazy it's, it's all a matter of culture you know what i mean right. like the um the esports culture like korea freaking loves it and that's why they're so ahead of the game and uh america looks down on it and so that's why we're so behind you know what i mean but i do think america is going to out of all the westernized cultures it'll, i think it'll be the one that catches up fastest because we already do have a pretty solid foundation for like psm 100 thieves cloud nine things like that you know what i mean yeah. we already do have a pretty solid foundation so we've set up okay well i think that well, pretty much wraps it up um yeah so brother thanks so much so for having me on fun. on the show guys i appreciate it this yeah, is fun yeah, was good stuff. um as always um all of the different platforms that we're on uh will be in the description if you're on youtube or you can check out our our, our accounts on um instagram tick or yeah tiktok sound well SoundCloud is a bit of an issue. We can talk about that a little bit. SoundCloud um, doesn't let let us post more than like three hours of content. I don't think. Yeah, um, and we reached the we reached the cap already. Wow. Yeah, so we we are still on there. Um, but, the first uh, so three episodes, if you want, but um, yeah. So three episodes are in there, uh, and then we're also on Spotify and then uh, YouTube, of course. And I think that's all, right? Yeah. All right. Cool. And uh, obviously, Tony, you can uh, call it. All your channels and everything you wanna you wanna link. Yeah, uh, I just got one to call out. It's on YouTube, KFC Space Legends, KFC like you know Kentucky Fried Chicken Legends, like you know Legend. Yeah, that's my channel. I've got you know one and a half thousands subscribers, and uh, you can join the club. I guess I don't post very much anymore, but give me six months and I'll be back on top of my game, and then I'll stand at the top of YouTube. All right. So join before I hit 10,000 subs. Just to, just to flex, just to say that you're here when it happened. All right. Believe it, baby. Thanks. All right. But thanks so much for having Great me, guys. Time. Appreciate it. Yeah. And those links will be at the top of the description. So you can just check it out there. Tony's awesome. Post great content. Um, and uh, yeah. Thank you so much again. And uh, we'll yeah, see you around. Thanks so much. Later. All right, bye. bye.